single-season turnaround in NBA history is complete. Banner number 17, soon to be raised to the Raptors. This is the Celtics pregame show with Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, welcome into another edition of the uh, Celtic pregame show. I am Jeff Hickman. No Patrick Gilroy tonight as he is uh, living the good life out in Los Angeles, California, where he has apparently become one of the beautiful people. From what I understand, he has gone to the gym out there and he feels less of a man, not because he's not in shape, uh, but rather because everybody in that place looks, well, they look spectacular. Bodybuilders. Yeah. And Patrick, you know... He doesn't. He doesn't feel proud of the way he looks. Apparently, compared to these Gotta people, own it. He said he was. You know, if he's a Boston Seven, uh, he's an LA Two or something <laughs> like that. Uh, so much to his chagrin, uh, going to the gym there was not the experience that he thought it was. Although, I'm guessing to you know some level, he's able to see beautiful women on oh, treadmills. Yeah. Bodybuilding, bodybuilding mecca. That's what that is. See, I don't want to watch a, a, a woman that has been bodybuilding. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't mind watching a woman body tone just run in place. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't want to watch a woman you know become more muscular than me. It just makes me feel less of a man yep. uh, than I already am. Uh, if you want to be part of the program tonight, the phone number 603-883-9900. Many of us are probably reeling as Celtics fans after watching the Celtics blow a 17-point lead against the team right above them in the standings, a team who had lost five straight games and was reeling coming into the game, and now the Celtics have a 17-point lead, and you're thinking, wow, either the Raptors have really gone south, or they're really hitting a skid here, or the Celtics are actually pretty good. And then all of our hopes and dreams come crashing down when they blow it in the fourth quarter. And look, DeMar DeRozan's a very good player. All-star. And so is Kyle. Uh, yeah, Kyle Westbrook. <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Last night he looked like Kyle Westbrook. <laughs> the point being, the Celtics are not able to hang with a Final Four type style team. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that is you pretty much have four teams in the NBA right now that are legitimate contenders to make it to the NBA Finals. And I, I would even argue that the Toronto Raptors are borderline. It, it There is no guarantee that they will even make the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. They're a good team. Don't get me wrong. They really are. They're a good team. They're well coached. But that said, they're not a finals contender. They're not gonna they're not gonna make it to the NBA. You think they're gonna make it past Cleveland? Give me a break. <laughs> so really you have the Toronto Raptors. And the Cleveland Cavaliers in the East. And in the West, it's quite obvious. You have the Golden State Warriors. And then any number of teams behind them could potentially fit that mold. Maybe San Antonio. I think San Antonio has finally reached the point where, despite their rebuilding efforts, I think they still struggle to close games. And they don't play very well at home, which is another problem. You know, I think Tony Parker is getting old. They don't really have a superstar replacement for Tony Parker, and I think that's shown itself this year. The Celtics, I've heard the talk here over the last months, and and I, I say months, but the truth is this talk has been going on now for years. 
where the Celtics have had opportunities to win games, they've lost the games, and the next day people are calling, well, we've got to have a trade. We've got to make a trade. Everybody, you know, we, we've, got to, we've got to find the next superstar. And it never seems to happen. You have a guy like Wick Grousebeck, the owner of the Celtics, talking about fireworks heading into the offseason. We're going to do everything we can to make this team a championship contender. Well, they're not. Yes, you got Al Horford. It was a nice free agent signing. He's Cute. not. He is not putting you over the top. Cute. Yeah, it's great. It, it, you've and there has been some addition by subtraction. Yes, in the trading of Rondo to get Isaiah Thomas here. Great move by Danny really Ainge. But that said, you also lost Evan Turner, who was one of their better ball handlers. And that kind of I don't want to say is a wash with the Al Horford thing. But you lost some talent and gained some talent a little bit more than you had before, so I see it as a minimal gain. So the bottom line here is you've got a lot of nice, quality role players on this basketball team. I think Avery Bradley's having a borderline all-star year, Yes, but he can't stay healthy, never has. Marcus Smart has come on a little bit. But nobody jumps off the page at you as an all-star player. And now you have Isaiah Thomas and Al Horford trying to carry the team of mediocre to slightly above mediocre players. And this is the this is the team that we have been for the last three years under Brad Stevens' tutelage. They need more talent. Yes, they need to make a trade. The problem is that the trade partners aren't out there. And whatever it is, these assets that they have under their control are not enough to get it done, despite how wonderful we think these assets are here in Boston. These Brooklyn picks. That's all I've been hearing about, the Brooklyn picks. The Brooklyn picks. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, look at this year's draft. Nope, nope, never mind. It's next year's draft. Next year's draft has the guy. Wait a minute. No, it's the year after that. How many times have we been promised fireworks and nothing happens? And the problem is that even even if we talk fireworks, what are we talking about? Yeah. What What is the position that they need to fill? Well, if you ask me, there are multiple positions that multiple need problems. to be filled. <laughs> they need a wing scorer. They need a guy that can shoot the basketball from the wing. They also need a guy that can drive to the hoop. And what I'm seeing on this basketball team, and we saw it rear its ugly head last night, and even uh, Brian Scalabrini during the broadcast brought it up, is that they're just taking too many jump shots. Everything they, they, they put together is a jump shot for everybody on the team. <laughs> and the whole goal. They're Johnson throwing up threes. <laughs> and, and, you know, when they make them, it's great. Yeah. You know, they hit 17 threes the other night. Wonderful. Fantastic. Look at these records. It's fantastic. Cute. It yeah. doesn't win games for long periods of time. And it certainly doesn't win games in the playoffs. So what they need is a post presence and a wing scorer, I say scorer because he doesn't necessarily have to be a phenomenal shooter. You saw, I mean, look, DeMar DeRozan's not a great shooter, no. but he's an excellent scorer, and that's the difference, you know? And they don't they don't have somebody to run that position. All they have is a bunch of bit players right now. I love the guys on this team. I think the chemistry on this team is phenomenal. But let's face it, you need to get more rebounds and you need to be able to drive to the hoop without taking jump shots every time up the floor. 
They're a land of misfit toys, is what they are. They really are. <laughs> I mean, it's a very good. They're it's almost like the old toys. Oakland Raiders, yeah. you know. <laughs> they're just bits and pieces that they put together, and now they got all this this talent and these pieces and these these assets. The nobody assets. nobody wants a Charlie in the box, <laughs> like, right? Like, I mean, oh, come on. People trying to tell me that Avery Bradley is this huge asset. And they're going to get all these pieces. No, no, he's no. a train with square wheels. Yeah, like what? Like the the assets that I'm hearing about these Brooklyn picks, and we're going to make fireworks. We're going to make these trades. Look. You hear Jimmy Butler rumors, and then you hear DeMarcus Cousin rumors. You need a rim protector, you need somebody that can score in the post, and you need a wing scorer. Look, to me, you as far as I'm concerned, out, I, think, one guy, you know? I think that the, the, the Jimmy Butler thing is probably, of all of the scenarios, the most right scenario for the Celtics. For a lot of reasons. One, he's an excellent defender. Two, fits the mold. he does fit the mold. He's a good quality kid. You know, he's not an off the court. He's not, he's not Rondo, yeah, and he's not he's not Demarcus Cousins. And when you look at this roster, that fills a very big need for the Celtics going forward, and he can score. But some of these other rumors, I think it's very clear that Sacramento is never going to trade Demarcus Cousins. And you know, I've heard the the, the rumors of Hassan Whiteside out of Miami, which. I suppose there could be a fire sale in Miami, given yeah. their scenario and their situation. Pat Riley's not stupid. You know, he, he's going to make the right move at the right time. But they're going to ask a lot. And to me, this Brooklyn pick, which very well could end up being the number one overall pick. Of course, that never seems to happen whenever <laughs> we have an opportunity. It's the Celtics. Come on now. <laughs> it is the Celtics. But it's it's a pick that will have some value. No matter what. And again, people always talk about the value of the assets that Danny Ainge has. I'm not so sure that the assets right now are worth all that much. How much do people want Marcus Smart? How much do people want Avery Bradley? I don't know. Here's what I do know. That some of the guys that they've looked to move are the ones that I guess some people value, which is Jay Crowder. And I guess Avery Bradley. But everybody's going to want those picks. That's it. They want the picks. And if Danny Ainge believes that the draft is where he's going to get the next superstar, then you're going to watch a whole lot of Jalen Brown for the next couple of years. Because otherwise, we don't have a lot going for us. We've got an aging center, if that's what you want to call him. He's a power forward. So you've got an aging power forward who's still playing at a relatively high level, but he's not a superstar. And then you have another guy in Isaiah Thomas who's still young and productive who's going to want a lot of money in very short time. So what do you do? Excuse me. I mean, do you ride this out? Do you just ride it out and, and hope that the transition happens with all these young players you're going to get from the Brooklyn picks? You don't want to watch Jalen Brown for the next 10 years? I, I mean, I'm not sure I do. I don't think anyone does. Jalen Brown probably does. I mean, I mean maybe he, he made some nice defensive plays last night. But again, he's not a game changer. Not yet, anyway. <coughs> Jalen Brown, I still like the pick. I still, I'll still defend the pick. They're just not playing him. He's not getting the time. He, if he was on a bad team... He'd probably look a lot better than he does now. I guess you know but he's not on a bad team. It, the thing is, my maybe my expectations for him are 
more than they should be. And I said it on the show last week, and I'll say it again now. If the plan of bringing Jalen Brown in with the third pick when everybody wanted Chris Dunn at that pick and people were willing to wheel and deal, and according to to Wick, they laughed off the offers, and maybe they did. They probably did. But I believe that they brought Jalen Brown either to replace Jay Crowder because they were going to utilize him in a trade, or they brought him in because we're we're just going to be building for the future here. <laughs> and nobody, everybody expects that a GM or a director of basketball operations is just going to come out and tell you what the game plan is. I don't expect that Danny Ainge is going to show his hand. I really don't. Why would he? He'd be dumb. It, it would be dumb. And from a poker standpoint, you don't want to do that. That said... You also have to look at the body of work. And you brought in guys that are ready to play right now and ready to win right now in Al Horford, Isaiah Thomas. You re-signed Avery Bradley. You gave him you know, decent money. You traded. You got Jay Crowder in here. I mean, Amir Johnson's paying, getting paid $12 million a year. He'll be gone soon. You know, you've stuck by Kelly Olenek. I don't Listen, know why. I don't know what people see in Kelly Olynyk. I'm right there with you. It, maybe I don't understand basketball. I remember a while back, I had Danny Ainge on the show, and I asked him why why we paid $3 million a year for five years to Brian Scalabrini. I said I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand what that guy meant to the team. And he told me that he does so many little things on the court that I don't understand basketball. And I'll never forget that because I said maybe maybe there is something I'm missing here completely. When I watch Kelly Olynyk on the floor, I get scared when he has the ball in his hands. He does take charges. He he's you know he gets in there, but then he loses the ball or he dribbles into traffic with absolutely no idea where he wants to go. When he puts the ball on the floor, it is the most awkward, disgusting looking basketball plays i've ever seen in my entire life and he's not even tough like if you put him down low like what's he do he flops around he might as well be tyler zeller he flops around he doesn't have a real true post game at all no he made a couple of nice passes last night but overall he jacks up shots when he doesn't need to and he he makes it look like he's going up for a shot because he thinks he's faking people out then he tries to put the ball on the floor and either travels with it or turns it over i i just i can't watch him play I really can't. I've I've always trashed on Kelly Olynyk, and I still do. And it made it even funnier when they brought him to the Kevin Durant meeting when that whole thing happened this summer. And that would made it even funnier to make fun of him for. But like when you watch Kelly Olynyk play, he blends in, and he's just another piece of something that's not going anywhere. And he's t- a huge defensive liability. So is half the team, though. Agreed. And again, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we don't have a true center, we don't have a defensive center, we don't have a rebounder. I mean, that's not that's never been Al Horford's game. So what are like what is the game plan here? What are they looking to do? Who who is it that they think they can bring in? Because if they don't do something before this trade deadline, and I'm convinced, and I'm maybe I'm going out on a limb here, maybe I'm going too far out on the limb. Yeah. But I've said this the last couple of years. That, you know, if they don't do something, then, you know, it's going to be a tough year and they're rebuilding and they're going to do this in the offseason. And that never seems to come to fruition either. They don't do anything in the offseason. They just sit around. So they finally get Al Horford in here. And now it's very clear that they need another player. I mean, abundantly clear. I think it's even more clear that their plan was to get Kevin Durant. 
Like, they brought in Al Horford. They're, clearly, their plan was to use Al Horford to get Kevin Durant because they didn't do anything else after getting Al Horford. Which is, which is leading me to my next point. You're welcome. If they don't do anything at the trade deadline, does that not signify that maybe they've really overextended themselves to get a, an aging power forward? Or they have no idea what they're doing. I, but I can't believe in my, in my heart of hearts that Danny Ainge doesn't know what he's doing. I don't. I don't believe that. I just believe that there was a. There, I agree with you that there was probably a plan in place to try to pull Kevin Durant into Boston. It didn't work. But I would also be hesitant to believe that the brain trust, including Danny Ainge, Wick Grousebeck, Steve Paliuka, and Brad Stevens, would say, you know what? Let's give Al Horford a max contract. Bring him in here for the next four years. When they know they've got all these assets and all these picks and everything else, and we'll get Kevin Durant in here, and everything will be great. And then when it doesn't happen, say, oh, well, at least we have Al Horford. I don't believe that. I think that they've, they're they trying to do stuff that they can't get done. I don't believe that people, while they may be calling about that Brooklyn pick, I don't believe there's anything worthwhile out there yeah. to get for that Brooklyn I mean, pick. there had to be some form of contingency plan behind, instead of Kevin Durant. Because it was a long shot. As much as we all got we super excited when it started to really happen, and it could have happened, and we thought it might, and there had to be no backup plan. And maybe the Jimmy Butler rumors are a blessing in disguise, and maybe this is a second chance for Danny Ames to get something done. Who knows? But that being said, he has to not overvalue his players to get something like that done. Well, and that said, this is what I was saying before, is that... If if there is a plan in place to make another run here at Jimmy Butler, I could see an Isaiah Thomas, Jimmy Butler, Al Horford thing working well. Not necessarily being a championship caliber team because they still don't have a center. They still don't have a shot blocker, rebounder. They need a guy, and I'm, I know that this was thrown out there before, but they do need a guy like Andrew Bogut or something if they're going to add another star piece. Because they need someone to anchor that defense, and right yep. now Amir Johnson is not that guy. No, and he can't be that guy. He's as tall as he is. He's not that physical of a human being. Amir Johnson. He likes to he likes to play offense. That's about it. And he's not even really good at that. Um, so what do they do? I, I don't know because we've seen it. There's two options, right? You you either do what you're talking about, maybe get Jimmy Butler, and then maybe add a bogut or, or streamline the center position as you keep that potential championship window open with these guys, or you you know just use the Brooklyn picks and draft these guys and. Um, draft a guard this year and trade away something maybe for a big man or something like that because you know this draft is stacked with guards so maybe use this this Brooklyn pick to get a guard you trade away the second Brooklyn pick and some other one to get that big guy in here and then you go from there and that takes a little longer but then that doesn't make sense because you have Al Horford so there's really two paths to go I want them to take the path of maybe hopefully getting Jimmy Butler or someone like that or Paul George or someone like that because if they just signed Gordon Hayward this offseason that's all they do then that's disappointing. In but itself. even that, I, I don't, I don't believe is enough. No, and I, and even that, I don't think is necessarily the right move for this team. Though they do need a wing scorer slash shooter, it still doesn't address the defense problem. No, which I, I guess, you know, prior to the season, people talked about this team as being a top five defense in the NBA, and what I've seen out of them is is substantially less than... Well, the problem is they haven't been healthy 100% all year together. And then you play big games like against the Toronto Raptors, and you have first one, you don't have Isaiah Thomas. Second one, you don't have Avery Bradley. I know IT is a defensive liability like to, as an understatement, but 
you, you're not healthy in these big games, and that hasn't helped because missing one piece changes the outcome of your defensive mindset as a team. And like we said last year, they played 110% all the time, and that's where that defense came from. So maybe it was a little bit of us hyping up what their defense could be based off what they were doing last year. And are are we being uh, too critical considering the team's eight games above 500? No. Because that that's I was thinking of this the whole ride over here was you know in years past if the Celtics had been eight games above five hundred I would have been ecstatic right I mean those years of the Antoine Walker Paul Pierce days we would have said you know this is a good team it's a good team they might get in the playoffs and they might be able to fight for something but at that time there was no Cleveland in the East you know there was no team to beat now they're eight games above five hundred with two borderline all-stars on the team. Are we being too critical? Are we are we expecting too much out of this basketball team because of their record? Or are we expecting more out of this team because of their record? No, I think that it's not too critical because of what today's NBA is. Um, with Like you said, back then with Pearson, Tuan, and all those guys, there wasn't a Cleveland there. Now there was four teams clearly in the NBA, Cleveland being the one in the East, who you're going after and they're potentially a whole notch ahead. If this team or this kind of record-type team was playing back when Pierce and Walker were playing together, you would have a situation where, okay, two, three seed in the East, you know, get in the playoffs and you could make a run and go for a championship. That, that Back then, that would have meant something. But now, you're, you're two, three seed in the East and it still doesn't matter because LeBron James is in front of you. Well, you know, and again, I, I, they've got a tough path no matter what. And, you know, looking at what they did with Toronto last night, it was kind of, it was sad. It was sad because they had the game and they really could have made a statement and they just reminded us all that this team's not ready to play with the big boys. All right, your thoughts, 603-883-9900. It's Jeff Hickman. It's the pregame show to the Boston Celtics. We'll take you up till tip-off. Actually, are we on, what, till 7 or 7.30? 7.30. tonight. And uh, the Celtics will be taking on the Washington Wizards, a team that's uh, sort of meddling one game above 500. We'll talk more on the other side. We'll catch on ESPN New Hampshire. You're listening to Manchester's home of the Boston Celtics. It's ESPN New Hampshire. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Can we come up with something original when, when the Bruins struggle other than fire Claude Julian? You have one of the worst assembled blue lines in the history of the organization. It's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's up there. The man who you think you should be depending on to carry the load is 39 and his legs are giving out on him and he skates like he's in molasses. The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Weekdays from 3 to 6 on ESPN New Hampshire Radio and streaming live on ESPNNHradio.com. Hi, my name is Jen Kaludi. My husband Sal and I are the owners of Embroidered Me in Nashua and Embroidered Me of Bedford in New Hampshire. We help companies and organizations promote themselves through embroidered apparel, screen printed shirts, promotional products, personalized gifts, and much more. I invite you to come visit our showrooms, conveniently located at 345 Amherst Street in Nashua, and our Bedford showroom at 410 South River Road. You can also visit our websites at embroideredme-nashua.com or embroideredme-bedford.com. My team and I look forward to helping you promote your business. Embroidered Me, your promotional marketing partner. All right, guys, huddle up. Coach's car battery died and he's running behind. And since I haven't been paying attention, I have no idea what plays we run or what most of your names are, for that matter. So what I'll do is I'm going to pop this antacid tablet. I'll fall down. I'll fake a heart attack. And then you guys act shocked and concerned and stuff. And hopefully that'll buy me enough time for the coach to get here. All right, team on three. Make sure you'll be there. Get a car battery test today. Find a location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable.
Do you really floss after you brush? If you don't, you're not alone. I'm Risa Jill Miller. According to a new Harris poll for the American Academy of Periodontology, or AAP, over a quarter of U.S. adults lie to their dentists about how often they floss. And flossing is important, especially in Los Angeles, where locals say a smile's the first thing they notice in someone they're attracted to, versus folks in Chicago or Houston. Dr. Jono Tomo-Cordial, AAP president in L.A. The AAP recommends flossing at least once a day, brushing your teeth and below the gums twice a day, and receiving a comprehensive periodontal evaluation to prevent periodontal disease, which can cause tooth loss and increase your risk for other diseases. The survey also shows that a third of Americans would rather wash dirty dishes or sit in traffic than floss. How can we take action? The good news is, with timely and proper care, gum disease is treatable and often reversible. A periodontist has the training and expertise to help determine the right treatment. So love the gums you're with and log on to perio.org for a periodontist near you. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal. When I think of my youth, I remember a stage of life that's vibrant and full of possibility. The same is true for our forests. A young forest is a light-filled place rich with quickly growing trees, shrubs, wildflowers, and other plants. It may look unruly, but it provides food and shelter for a wide variety of creatures, many of whose numbers have declined in recent decades. In the past, wildfires and flooding created this young forest habitat by creating openings for fresh new growth. Today, we have largely controlled those natural processes. The responsibility now falls on us to make enough new young forests so wildlife can thrive. Timber harvests, prescribed fires, and mowing can renew middle-aged woods, making them younger and more vital. Do your part by supporting young forest projects on public and private land. Become a well-informed wildlife advocate. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. Outdoor Almanac, brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal. This fall, I heard a radio commercial for, I think it was a jewelry store, that said something to the effect that while we were out fishing, we needed to remind our wives that even though we loved fishing, we love them more and that we should buy them a diamond or something to let them know that. Yeah, I guess that would work, but I thought instead of buying them something, bring them with us. That would show them how much we really care. When we come back from hunting or fishing, we've usually got some great stories to tell. So instead of telling her the stories, why not make her part of them? By including your spouse into some of your hunting and fishing activities, she has a better idea of what it is we do, or don't do as the case might be. Plus, it gives them a first-hand look at hunting and fishing so they get a better sense of what the sport is all about. Now, you may not want to bring your spouse with you every time you hunt, but do it a few times and it'll pay dividends for both of you. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Game's Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. We can't ever leave mom alone. Someone always has to be with her. Most Americans with Alzheimer's disease are cared for at home by family members. My grandmother's Alzheimer's disease has affected my whole family. I do what I can to help. I love her, but sometimes it's just too much. Approximately 50% of people over 85 have Alzheimer's disease. The impact on American families is overwhelming. Call 1-800-437-2423 for more information on Alzheimer's disease. We've got a new number to text into. 845-827-1250. All right, welcome back. Celtics pregame show taking you all the way up to tip-off at 7.30. Grandy and Max will have the call for you as the Celtics will take on the Washington Wizards at the TD Garden tonight. And I'm wondering, it's is it an ESPN game? I don't Wednesday know. Wednesday night, 8 o'clock? I don't think so. 
We should know. We are ESPN New Hampshire. You can look. Just saying. Google the schedule. If you want to be part of the program tonight, 603-883-9900. And I'll tell you, you know, I know that there is sort of this frustration as Celtics fans as we sit here and we debate the future of this basketball team. But the truth is, let's just take the last couple of games, right? You know, this team was shooting up basketballs at a rapid pace, knocking down threes at a rapid pace. And you saw last night what happens when you take too many jump shots. You get a guy like Jonas Valanciunas with 23 rebounds. That's awful. I mean, it, it was frustrating to watch, especially when the Celtics were the ones originally dictating the pace. I mean, the first quarter was kind of a joke anyway. I mean, neither team really played all that well in the first quarter offensively anyway. But as the game unfolded, both teams are sort of in the top end of the NBA in offense. So you would have thought that it was going to be a high-scoring game, which it was. But it just started to get stupid when the Celtics could not grab a single rebound. And DeMar DeRozan could have hit any shot he wanted. Yeah. It didn't matter from where. We need a guy like that. DeMar DeRozan. We need a guy that can score. We need a guy that can score. And right now, you know, I was saying it earlier, Isaiah Thomas can only do so much. Al Horford was brought in here to be able to drag guys out from underneath the hoop so that Isaiah Thomas could drive to the lane and score without too much fanfare. And we saw what happened to this team against the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs last year. Yep. They couldn't get a shot off, and they were triple-teaming, double-teaming Isaiah, not letting him get to the hoop. We don't have another alternative right now, folks, and I'm sorry, but you know Avery Bradley is a very good player. I like him. I really would hate to see him leave, but he's one of your trade chips. And no matter what tweets come out of Jay Crowder, he's a trade chip. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody on this team is a chip right now. Except Al Horford. Except Al Horford, because you're not going to move him at that max deal anyway. No. Not at his age. And sadly, Isaiah Thomas is in that conversation. They would, I, they would trade Isaiah Thomas for the right situation. I, I think they would, but I think that if they were to do that, the theory behind it would only be financial. And I say that because they basically have to decide whether or not they're going to pay the man at the end of the year. They will. Or they're going to let him go for nothing. I think they'll, I think they'll pay him. I think they'll pay him. Wait, he's, has he got one more year on his deal after this? I think so. I think he does, too. Yeah. At a pretty contract-friendly, team contract. This whole team is contract-friendly right now. It, it, it's very friendly. They haven't paid, except for Al Horford, everyone is in a good, old-cap-friendly deal. But the question then becomes, are they going to shell out a bunch of money next year in, in the offseason for Gordon Hayward and think that that's their next big move? Because there's a lot of talk about well, for instance, a lot of talk about people saying, well, they need one more player. And if they can maintain Al Horford and they can maintain Isaiah Thomas and keep these guys relatively, you know, together for the most part, and you add one more big big time player, is that big time player Gordon Hayward? No. I guess that's my point. Is I really that, like Gordon Hayward. Don't get me wrong. I but. think he's a good player, but I also think he's a very good player on a I don't want to say it's a bad team because they're top five in the in the Western Conference. I don't want to take anything away from Utah. They're very good defensively too. But is is he more than a, a 
Well, let me put it this way. Does he come to Boston and become their one? No. That's what they need. They need a one. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's the man. Anthony Davis. Well, look, I'd trade the whole freaking team for him. (laughs) But the problem is there is just no one out there with the exception of Jimmy Butler that we know of or that we've heard of, and you know these leaks happen. You know that somehow, some way, somebody's going to leak out something so that it influences other teams to make moves. But this trade deadline is important. If the Celtics want to get out of the first round, because I think as they're currently constituted, they'll be lucky to win a round. And that's awful to say. And tonight is going to be a good example of that because you're playing a team that I believe, if the playoffs were today, you'd be playing. Yep. And the you know Washington's not a terrible team. No, they just have had they haven't had a great year. But this um, they have the talent. You know they have the talent. And it's weird how it works because I mean they haven't been good since Pierce left. But the talent pretty much is the same on that team. And look, the Celtics can lose to anybody who, right now in the playoff picture. It's not like the East is that far apart. No, um, they could honestly fall out of the playoff picture if they if they don't. Fit. I mean, but they'll be fine. I, I can't imagine that's going to happen. But the Celtics team. And does need one more person, and if it, this Jimmy Butler situation could be the savior of this, the whole Celtics team right now. Because if you if you someone get Jimmy Butler, say that happened, then who do you lose in that situation? Probably Jay Crowder. I would say Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley, and but you're replacing Avery Bradley with, or and or Jay Crowder. In you're the replacing lineup. both of them with Jimmy Butler right. because you're doubling their, each of their productivity. But yeah, you have to play maybe Marcus Smart. I was going to say you're going to play more Marcus Smart. Good and. Are you okay with giving one or more of the Brooklyn picks to get him? Yes. I agree. Because what's that Brooklyn pick going to give you? You don't know. You don't know. And how old is Jimmy Butler? Not that old. So Jimmy Butler for Avery Bradley, who's pretty much, hit his, I think, his ceiling. Jay Crowder, who is a nice player, gritty, obviously good for the locker room, and a Brooklyn pick who's not going to be ready for six more years. For Jimmy Butler to play with Isaiah Thomas well, and Avery and, and Al Horford, and again, I don't know that this this draft class. I know that it's deep at the top. I mean, you're probably gonna have the number one pick. The way we, we say that, the but, way Brooklyn's going. But that said, every time we've had a chance to get the number one pick, it never seems to go our way. You watch. We'll have the number one pick like by the before the picks come out, and then they'll have the, Brooklyn will have the worst record. And they'll be like fourth. No, we'll no, it's gonna go the other way this year. This year, we're going to trade the Brooklyn pick because it's a good asset, and it would have been the one year that we would have gotten the number, number one, one overall pick. pick. Yeah. That's, just, that's just the way of the world, man. That, that's called karma. Yeah. I don't think they're going to pick this year. I can't imagine they're going to pick again. But, yeah, I mean, the point is why. Why pick? Then, well, yeah, because if you pick, it's like six more years till that guy's ready to go. And, and so if that's the conscious decision of this management group, then... Then what do we do? I, I think we've written our, our will. Yeah. You know? Uh, we, we know where we're going with this. That's... And, that, that's, I mean, that's a good point. Like, if they if they pick with that pick, one or two, wherever it ends up being, then you might as well trade Isaiah Thomas, get what you can for Avery Bradley. But and, I, I and just don't over. see them going fire sale. I can't. I just that's don't. what I'm saying. I can't imagine them doing that. Which is why the the question now becomes: is is it the the trade deadline that becomes the most important date, or is it the off season? scrambling around, paying big bucks because the the cap change and all this other stuff, is it is it going to be a big to-do in the offseason bidding for players? Or is it a, a, a draft night situation? I, I mean, it. I just, I don't know. I personally think, for me, I would want the trade deadline to be more important. I don't think it's going to be. I think they're going to value free agency more because they value these players so much 
that they don't want to have to give up any of these guys if they don't have to, right? So I I think the trade deadline should be more important because you're gonna you might lose Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder, so that happens, right? But you're getting a guy in here who you really want, who you have time to start in the system on a team that's pretty good now. Add a guy like Jimmy Butler on this kind of team, and that makes him that much better. Well, but there's two problems there, though, Jared. Is that one is uh, we're making the assumption that. We could get Jimmy Butler. Number two, oh, I'm riding high on that. <laughs> I know you are. I know. <laughs> Might I as well. See it in your eyes. Nothing else to talk about. But I could also see a scenario where Jimmy Butler comes in here, and then we're making the assumption as media pundits that the Celtics could contend for a championship with that group. And that's the other question. You bring Jimmy Butler in here. Sure. Is the team better overall? Absolutely. And I, I'm. by the way, I am not suggesting in any way, shape, or form that we do not bring Jimmy <laughs> Butler in here, okay? Sounds it, you know. But what I am doing is just playing devil's advocate that if he comes here, maybe we're not a championship contender. Are we better than Cleveland at that point? No, I don't think so. Do I think we could hang with Cleveland in a seven-game series and win maybe a game or two? Maybe. It makes us better than Toronto, I yeah. believe. Oh, yeah. Um, and on the West, we're, we're not better than Golden State. We're probably... I you're even San Antonio. I, I was going to say, we're probably not better than San Antonio. Houston, I think we're better than Houston. I don't think Houston... I think Houston is the stereotypical paper tiger, year in and year out. They they look good. They They hit a slide in the middle of the season, and then they get into the playoffs and they fade out. That's what they always do. So... That's what James Harden does. It, I was saying this at the beginning of the show. It's it's basically a Final Four situation. Could we bump Toronto and get into what we believe will be the Final Four teams hanging out in the conferences? Uh, yeah, I, I think we could, but I just don't see the Celtics upsetting Cleveland. I well, really don't. Especially because I think people are undervaluing what Corver means to that team, adding Corver to Cleveland. You know, they they were they needed more consistency behind the arc. Spread the floor more, and they're gonna. That's gonna happen with Corver. We know how good Corver can be, and I think they're not done. You know, they keep saying they need another another point guard, so that could happen as well. Cleveland's not going anywhere um, for a few more years, so you have to build, assuming that you either think you can take out Cleveland one of these years by chance, or you're building for to last a little longer than Cleveland does. And you know, again, that's the other problem. I I don't want to sit around and wait. Uh, for them to last, you know what I mean. I, I just feel like now they've got to strike while the iron's hot. They've got a couple more years here of productive basketball out of Al Horford. They've got a, a good three, four, five years out of Isaiah Thomas, if not more. You you got to make your move now and get a guy who's like Jimmy Butler, who's young enough to. I mean, you're not going out and getting Dwayne Wade. Yeah, no. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you're not getting yeah. an aging superstar. You want a guy that's going to compete with you for the next couple of years because that's their window. And that's the thing is at this point, you can't really change the timing of the cards and the picks and how you kind of fell into your lap, right? You can't change the fact that you have to worry about Cleveland. You'd make the opportunity. You go for it if you can get, say, Jimmy Butler. You bring him in here and see what happens. Maybe you can squeak one out. Maybe you steal one year from Cleveland and then you see what happens in the finals. So what are you expecting out of this team tonight? After everything that's gone on over the last 24 hours with this team, you know, they had a great possible win in the grasps of their hands and they let it slide. <laughs> oh, such a tease last night. How do they come back from that? They traveled. They might be a little bit weary. And they get a team in Washington that has some... Very quality players in uh, Bradley Beal and John Wall. I think it's going to show a lot of who they are tonight. Um, 
coming home, of course. But still, the Wizards, like you said, are a quality team, right? They have that talent. They've been there before. Um, they, ha- they have guys who can make big shots. They have a better closer than you do. I like John Wall more than Isaiah Thomas. Well, and, and this is where we talk about you know a number one player on the team. Now, granted, Isaiah Thomas is the fifth scoring guy in the league. Still not number one. Still not a number one. And Al Horford is not a number one. They don't have it. Whereas Washington has the opposite problem. They have a, a great number one. They've got a quality number two. But they don't have a three. You know, Marcin Gortat, it, it, I mean, is he your, your big-time bully Closer, you know, Nene Hilario. I mean, what what is it that that they have that makes them better? I don't know. But at the same time, whenever you play a team with a guy of that caliber, we've seen it. Look at New Orleans. I mean, it's a great example. Anthony Davis, I mean, he was given Cleveland fits the other night. He single-handedly beat you. Right. Single-handedly. And and, and that's not a very good team. I mean, Drew Holiday's a good player. Uh, but they're, overall, they're, they're they're not a great team. They're not a great team. No, when you when you went down there and lost, you shouldn't have lost that game. He single handedly beat you. He gives he gives good teams fits, even on a, even on one of the worst teams in the NBA. But he's he's a quality number one, and that is hard to find. And I and I don't think you can trade for that on any given day. I think that those trades come around once in a blue moon. And right now. If it's true, if Jimmy Butler is the guy that's that's out there for a possible trade with the Celtics, ship it. You do it. You got to do it. You got to do it because you're not getting another guy. You're just not. You and and again, DeMarcus Cousins sounds great in theory, but you're not getting them. I don't think Sacramento's giving them up. And I I have not heard any other names besides the Nerlens Noel kind of guy, which, by the way, I think would be a nice small trade for the Celtics to do on the side if they really want a shot-blocking rebounder. Uh, but other than that, you don't have anybody. Well, that would be um, a good deal on the side. Say you, if you we're talking Jimmy Butler. If you brought in Jimmy Butler and still lacked that low-post presence, then Noel would be something meaningful. But the question is, how much are you giving up to get Jimmy Butler and if you give away all your assets to get him, you're not going to have much left to make a move like that unless would, you sign him in the offseason. Would you need both Brooklyn picks to get Jimmy Butler? I think so. Yeah? I Well, and again, with the way Jimmy Butler's playing this year, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's true. And I, I think Chicago would say, I've got, I've got everybody over the barrel for this guy because they don't have to get rid of him. Yeah. You know, I mean, granted, they're probably looking to ship Rondo somewhere, like overseas. Don't bring him back. Please. I loved Rondo. Don't get me wrong. Huge I liked him Rondo when he was supporter. here. Yes. Huge Rondo supporter was here. I'm with I, you. I was one of the few who made the argument when he was here, you can build around him. Boy, was I wrong. But I think with the wrong pieces, right pieces, he's good. Like He was perfect fit for those cha- that championship team. Yeah, I, I agree. Fit. And again, it's really too bad to see how far he's fallen. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk a little bit more about tonight's game and a little bit more about the future of this Celtics team. It's ESPN New Hampshire, Jeff Hickman, and Jared Scally tonight. No Patrick Gilroy as he's off in L.A. with the beautiful people. We'll be back after this. The money-saving tip. Coming at you with another money-making tip. How to save money effectively. Tired of overpaying for stuff? Then head to ESPNNHradio.com and check out the ESPN New Hampshire deals page. You can save up to 50% on deals from all your favorite local businesses and restaurants. Why pay full price when gift cards and gift certificates are only a few clicks away? So start saving now by going to ESPNNHradio.com and checking out the new ESPN New Hampshire deals page. You're welcome. 
The good news is that if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, order from the Fast Break Lunch Menu, and don't get your food within 15 minutes, your lunch is free. The bad news is, we don't plan on taking longer than 15 minutes. Free lunches? Are you crazy? What kind of business model is that? Lunch fast or it's free. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. For limited time only at participating locations. Valid for tables of six or less. Other restrictions apply. See a participating location for details. Hi, I'm Tim Daly. If you're over 50, like me, you know that we all need to be more aware of our health. Take pneumococcal pneumonia, for example. It's a serious lung disease that can be spread when people cough or sneeze. My mom had it. Now, it won't always happen this way, but for my mom, it was serious enough that she was in the hospital for over a week. She had difficulty breathing, was really weak, and had a terrible cough. Some adults think they're too active or healthy to get sick. But as we age, our immune system weakens, putting us at greater risk. It may surprise you, but it's estimated a quarter million Americans over 50 are hospitalized each year because of pneumococcal pneumonia. If you're over 50, talk to your doctor about your risk for pneumococcal pneumonia and see if you're up to date on your vaccinations. Learn more at www.whoknew.com. That's www.whopneu.com. This message is brought to you by the American Lung Association in partnership with Pfizer. Hi, I'm... Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't seen your lap in months. And even more stuff. But still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed. And they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs. And it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Does your child have dreams? Some babies are born with skid, a serious defect of the immune system. Fortunately, my son Jake was screened, diagnosed, treated, and cured. With newborn screening, Jake and every child can have a lifetime of dreams. All newborns need to be screened for skid. A simple test may save your baby's life. Jeffrey Modell Foundation, helping children reach for their dreams. To learn more, talk to your doctor or visit our website at info4pi.org. Follow us on Instagram at ESPNNH. All right, welcome back. Celtics pregame. Get you ready for the Celtics and Wizards at the Garden. Talking all things Boston Celtics. Uh, the phone number to be part of the program, 603-883-9900. You can also get us at the uh, TuneIn app. ESPN New Hampshire, we're happy to be with you. I'm Jeff Heckman alongside Jared Scally. As we uh, kind of break down this matchup tonight, you know, the the more I watch Washington, the more I'm reminded of the Celtics of uh, of old, the team that was sort of 
don't middle date, of don't the road. Yourself. Be careful. Don't date yourself. No, I'm not going to say the 2002 theme, team because they went to these conference that's, finals. That's a fun team to watch, though. But they were a fun team to watch. But, uh, you know, Washington sort of reminds me of the Jim O'Brien years in a way because you have Bradley Beal and you have John Wall. And those two guys were, um, you know, sort of the Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker of, of that team. Um, but other than that, that Otto Porter's having a nice year. And I do think he's a quality player that I think is going to come along. But he's, again, he's a quality role player that you get on a championship team. And that is what the Celtics are filled with. So I guess my question is, and, and maybe you can answer this as a, as a, a frequent NBA fan and watcher, but why are they so much worse? I shouldn't say so much worse. Let me rephrase. Why are the Celtics so much better? right now in terms of their record. What is it that, that Washington is just not able to accomplish? Well, I feel like part of it is the depth part, you know, because, like, I mean, if you use that kind of phrasing, you know, the, Pel- why are the Pelicans better because they have Anthony Davis. You know, I think the Celtics have more talent spread across their team, plus the fact that the chemistry and the grit and the way they play. The Wizards don't play that physical of a game. And let's be real, if John Wall's not doing anything, the rest there's no one really there to pick him up. You know, I, I don't. I, I like Bradley Beal. Um, he can be inconsistent at times. I don't think that really, really anyone but John Wall and that team can really lead that team to a win. Um, at least on the Celtics standpoint, if Isaiah Thomas has an off night, Avery Bradley has tended to step in. Al Horford is there to take over at the end if he needs to, even though he's missed a couple wide open layups to miss blow games. You know, there's someone here to take over if Isaiah Thomas isn't scoring the basketball. I don't think the Wizards have that, and that I think that's been their problem because when they were good, when they were making their runs those the one or two years, Paul Pierce was there. So if John Wall wasn't hitting his shots, okay, I'm going to give the ball to Paul Pierce. Well, there's and a pretty significant. I mean, there's a pretty significant drop off between you know John Wall, Bradley Beal, and then everybody yes. after that. That's you know, what I'm because saying, yeah. Otto Porter's a good player, but he's I don't think him. he's nowhere near that level of of talent. He would be like the James Posey of a championship team. Like, if you want to keep it Celtics related. Like, that style of player, role yeah, player. I don't know that I, I totally agree with that. I, I, and I only say that better, because I feel, like, I feel like Otto Porter has more talent overall than James Posey did. But I think James Posey brought certain specific tangibles to the table, i.e. could knock down the three-point shot with consistency, and he was an excellent defender. And I think those two things made James Posey very pivotal to what the Celtics did, whereas Otto Porter can have some nights where he can light it up. I mean, he can he can score the basketball. He's athletic. He's a pretty good defender. Um, but, again, he's not elite at his position. You know? What is he, top, maybe top 10 small forwards in the Eastern Conference? So do we have Otto Porter and Jalen Brown? Is that the next Otto uh, Porter? Is the next Otto Porter? See that. Maybe. That's like, that, that could be a good comparison. Maybe. Uh, you know, Jalen Brown is a myriad to me. Uh, Here's a guy that, when you really watch him play, he can get to the hoop with a lot of consistency. I mean, he he could he made a couple of moves, not last night, but the the game previous, and I'm drawing a blank as to who they played. But I mean, he literally was taking steps to the hoop and just dunking the ball. Yeah, and he can do that with consistency if he tries. He reminds me. I mean, this is sad for him, but this reminds me of Jeff Green. That situation, not in a, not in the sense of like talent wise, but the if he really wanted to do it, he could do it. You know, when Jeff Green was here, if he put the ball on the floor and played all, all the time, look what he did against Cleveland, you know, after the heart surgery. Look, where he, look what he did when he put the ball on the floor. Same thing with Jalen Brown. If he didn't hesitate, and obviously he kind of has to hit the gym, but 
he would be consistently better. But you know, it's just the mental attitude now. He's a rookie. I'll give him his time. But I, I but is Jalen Brown? When you talk about the Jeff Green comparison, the thing about Jeff Green and the knock on Jalen Brown was coming into the draft <clears throat> that his head might not be in the game and can't shoot, and he can't shoot. And Jeff Green could shoot, but yeah, that's they 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 questioned his motor. And I feel like the, that comparison is fair. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I when when I remember watching Jeff Green play here, and you always like he was peaked to be this guy. You know, we we wanted to like him because of who we traded him for in the situation when we traded Kendrick Perkins away in the middle of a season where we probably could have won another title if we kept Kendrick Perkins. And you trade away him to get Jeff Green, and then the whole season kind of crumbles. We wanted to like Jeff Green for that reason. You know, if you're going to give up Perk, you want to like someone that he came here. And then when he gave the effort, he was a fan favorite. You know, he, he passion to the game. He, always, he went balls to the wall, right? But that's what I want Jalen Brown to be. But he's got one play more to hit the gym. But that's where I, that's where I see the comparison. Um, we want to like him because he was used as a third, whatever, third overall pick. We want to like him. But now he's got to show us why we want to like him. You know, and, and then you look around the league, and you look at some of the players that have been moved. We talked about Kyle Korver going to Cleveland, and there was talk about you know trying to get rid of Paul Millsap. And what you know, what a nice talent he is, but is is he the guy to no. solve the problem? See, Paul, Paul Millsap and these kind of trades that everyone keeps talking about are good trades if you had the guy, because then those are pieces that add to potential making a championship run. If you had Jimmy Butler, he already, and then you traded for Paul Millsap, that's a deal. That makes you that much better in a chance to win. But you don't need to do that because why are you going to trade for a guy like Paul Millsap when you don't have a guy who can close the game? I, I'm just – I guess I'm lost in terms of where the Celtics want to go. I think a lot of people are lost. And I, I just – you know, I, I feel like they're serving two masters. I feel like they're saying in one breath, we want to compete for a championship. Uh, but then they're saying in another breath, look, we're not going to just give away our assets for nothing. Um. But at the same time, you've got a short window to make a deal. So where, how aggressively are you shopping? This trade deadline, we touched on it last segment, but it's super important, right? It, it has to be because, like we talked about, if you go into this free agency, you're not going to get much, I don't think. You're not going to be able to outbid anyone. I know Kevin Durant came here. That might help your stock a little bit, but you didn't get him. And now you're you're a good team, and it helps that – you know, they're, they're a good team in the East. They're, they're almost second in the East. They're third right now. But who's going to come here? You know, who's still? still I, I know Al Horford came here, but it seems like Al Horford might be not the norm. Yeah, I don't want to play the free agent game. No, I really don't. I, I want to play the game. trade game. Your odds are still crap. You only got Al Horford once. <laughs> All right, well, you think about it during the break. On the other side, we'll chat a little bit more about the Boston Celtics uh, a little bit more about the race situation, as there have been some other things that have gone on over the last couple of days. Couldn't hold it in, could you? Couldn't, couldn't hold it in. We'll talk about it on the other side. It's ESPN New Hampshire Celtics pregame show.
www.espnnhradio.com. This is the most beautiful thing I ever seen. Find the latest schedules, show blogs, podcasts, and all the breaking sports news in our area, from high school to the pros. Awesome. Want some new apparel? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Visit ESPNNHradio.com for shirts, hats, and all things ESPN New Hampshire. Woo! We've got it all here. Just visit our website at ESPNNHradio.com. Looking for a stylish place to call home? Then you need to check out the brand new apartment homes in Lowell at 24 Merrimack Street. The apartments at 24 Merrimack Street are located in historic downtown Lowell and offer unique apartment living within an historic 19th century building. Residents enjoy brand new interiors and unparalleled lifestyle amenities. Just moments from downtown Lowell's boutique shops, cafes, and entertainment. For more information, please visit 24MerrimackStreet.com. Again, that's 24MerrimackStreet.com. Map out an adventure your whole family will always remember. Disney on Ice presents Passport to Adventure. Journey across the African plains with Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa. Fly off to Neverland with Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Explore the underwater world of Ariel, Flounder, and Sebastian. And trek through Arendelle with Anna, Elsa, and Olaf from Disney's Frozen. The journey begins in your hometown. Playing January 26th through 29th at SNHU Arena in Manchester. Tickets are on sale now. Visit DisneyOnIce.com today. Do you feel like you've been benched or sent down to the minors? Are you paying the correct amount of child support? Let a team of experts help you out. That team is Bardis Law. There is nothing more important in your life than your kids. You wouldn't cut corners for them? Don't cut corners on your legal representation. Don't show up without your starters. Going to court without an attorney is like playing without a coach and without a playbook. Let Bardis Law get you back in the huddle so we can call the play. Call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bardislaw.com. With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gate video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers and all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. Academic achievement, higher test scores, and greater attention and concentration are just a few of the positive qualities associated with physical education and physical activity in school. Whether it's interscholastic sports or moving in PE class, being physically active in school is beneficial to the overall education of our students. This message is brought to you by NAFERD, New Hampshire Association for Health, Physical Education, Recreation, and Dance. This is New Hampshire's home for sports on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM, Manchester, WGHM, Nashua.
greatest single season turnaround in NBA history is complete. Banner number 17, soon to be raised to the Raptors. This is the Celtics pregame show with Patrick Gilroy and Jeff Hickman on ESPN New Hampshire. All right, Celtics pregame show taking you up till 7.30 here as the uh, Celtics take on the Washington Wizards. Brandy and Max will have the call for you. If you want to be part of the program, 603-883-9900. It's Jeff Hickman and Jared Scally with you here doing the Celtics pregame show. And I'm I'm watching a headline come across uh, the NBA. I don't know. Is this a pregame show or something on uh, ESPN? I don't know. Chauncey Billups is talking right now. Chauncey so Billups is on there, and it looks like... Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, the name that uh, has been floated around with the Celtics for God knows how long in trade rumors. Austin. No, uh-huh. don't 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 mislead the children. Uh it looks like he's going to stay in Sacramento. And he's going to sign a max deal there which you know, if Good he went him. to any other team at the end of the season, he'd be making uh, you know, about 9 million less a year he, and he's also extended for 5 years rather than 4. Yep. Um so, you know, smart, he'd take the money. Take the money and run. They're not going to trade till you get paid because you know there's going to be a lot of guaranteed money in that contract. Well, you know, again, what else is he going to do, right? I mean, like you said, I, I believe that there would be another team that pays him the max deal, namely the Celtics. I think, I think Danny Ainge would do it. <laughs> I think he would. But I, but at the same time, it sounds to me like he wants to stay there. He's the star. It's California. That's what he wants to do. Sacramento, though. It is Sacramento, and you know what? Sacramento has got to put players around him, or they're going to continue to hear the complaints, the calls for you know coaches to be fired. They got to do something, and they just never do. So if yeah. that's if that's where he wants to be, then that's where he wants to be. They've had a lot of years being bad. You'd think by now they would like have some talent around the guy and be decent because you know the Kings have did win once once upon a time. They were and, a good and now, franchise. And now I'm seeing another headline. Rajon Rondo was told that his benching was basically to save him from himself. Well, I mean, I believe that. I do believe that. I mean, <laughs> frankly, the guy should be, you know, committed uh, at this point. You know, any guy with his talent, when you remember the old days watching Rajon Rondo play for the Celtics, didn't you think you were seeing the next great point guard? I mean, I mean that when I say that, that I thought he was going to be the, the torchbearer when Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen left this team, that he was going to be the next guy in line to build around and to make this oh, yeah. team great. I was one of those guys. And like when he was playing the way he was, he was in talks with the likes of Chris Paul, you know, uh, all these guys back then who were top point guards in the league. Rondo was up there with them the entire time. And we thought, okay, great. Pierce, KG, go retire. Ray Allen goes to play for Miami. Yeah, it's going to be a situation where they can build around Rondo and bring pieces in and, and let him do his thing with this new team. And it just never happened, and he fell apart. And, and you know, it's funny. When he went to Dallas, and you know, same thing happened there. He goes to Sacramento. They didn't even want to retain him. They let him go after a year. And then he signs with Chicago, and he's benched. Yep. I mean, this is, this is what happens to guys who's – brains cause them to to falter it's not an injury you know it, it's not a physical injury like an arm or a leg or an achilles or whatever it's it's their brain they cannot get out of their own way i always wondered how it was for demarcus cousins and rondo to be in the same locker room that must have been fun to watch as a media member i feel like covering the sacramento kings with rondo as their point guard must have been entertaining but 
I don't know. With the DeMarcus Cousins thing, he's smart to take that money because, like you said, only one other team or a couple other teams is going to give him that money, and maybe the maybe the Kings still do trade him, right? But now, as a max contract, maybe maybe the Celtics can get you a break because maybe now. But now, also, if the if you're the Kings, you might be able to get more because if he's a max guy, you're going to max up salaries. Well, and again, I I think now we know. Kind of, the, I don't want to say the state of the NBA because it may be too broad a stroke. But when you look at somebody like Demarcus Cousins, yep, you realize that that guy's not on the block anymore. That they they signed him, they're committed. Just as we were saying at the beginning of the show, now we we see it for real. The eight years of rumors are no longer. But what it does say is maybe the Bulls believe that there's still hope. They still believe. Stop it. See what I did there? That's a dad joke. See what I did there? Yeah, I saw what you did there. Uh, you know, and, and maybe because Rajon Rondo is now, you know, come out and said, oh, you know, I was being a little crazy and they're trying to help me and blah, 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 blah. Maybe all's right in Bulls land again. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not taking offers for Jimmy Butler, but I think it's going to be pretty hard to get a Jimmy Butler deal done. What's left? I mean, how much do you believe those rumors anyway? You know, where was... Was that partially a, a thing floated out there? Maybe I don't. I can't believe this would be a thing, but like you know, to entice Rondo to straighten up. You know, hey, we're, if we're going to break it down, if if we can't get our, our crap together, you know, and maybe that, that was a leverage for Rondo. Who knows? That probably wasn't the case, but that could be a situation. Jimmy Butler, I didn't believe it when I saw her. he's available. I would love for it to be true. Well, and, and the thing is that they're not even saying necessarily that he's he's being made available. What they're saying is that they're listening. They're listening. Anytime they say that, I always temper my expectations because teams are going to say that to say, let's just let's test the waters. Let's see what people are willing to give up. And then they go around and they make you know, calls to other teams and say, well, I heard you know Boston's willing to give up so-and-so and you know Minnesota's willing to give up so-and-so. It, that just means that they're, nothing's really materializing. I believe Paul Millsap, for instance, is 100% on the block. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you see the other moves around it. This move with Rajon Rondo, you know, being benched, and then them saying, you know, we were just trying to help him out. It sounds to me like they're trying to salvage something. Yeah, they might be, and and I can't imagine why they wouldn't want to. Because you know, you bring in D Wade, you bring in Rondo to play around Jimmy Butler. You're trying to make a new fresh Bulls, and it was exciting. And now all of a sudden, the slump hits, and now you're going to break it up like that. They have plenty of time still. The Bulls do if they can get their heads on straight. And it's hard to imagine an aging Dwayne Wade doing much, but. You know, this team can still be something good. They were decent at the beginning of the year. So hearing that Rondo was no longer benched and they were just trying to help him could be something that means Jimmy Butler is probably not available. So beyond Jimmy Butler. It's so hard not to talk to Jimmy Butler. It is because I, I'm, the, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan. But what else is there? I mean, we've talked about these two guys ad nauseum, right? I mean, we've talked about, and even to a certain extent, the Jaleel Okafor, Nerlens Noel stuff. That's really the last, the last of the guys that I could think of that the Celtics could truly make a pass for here. Yep. Who else is out there? Trade for Embiid. Make it happen. They're not, that's never going to happen. I wish. It's never going to happen. They, the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers are building quite the team over there. Watching him play a few nights ago, Embiid, he's something. And I understand why they were patient with him. You know, you watch him play in college, but like seeing him play in the NBA, you understand why they took their time with Embiid and said, get healthy. You're and good. you're good, and it also speaks to the fact that sometimes there are those players because he dropped to what three? What, what when was he picked? Was he picked three? I think so. Because yeah, that was the time that Marcus Smart was picked sixth. sixth. 
So it went uh, Jaleel Okafor. No, wait. I don't even remember who the hell was in that draft. Um, now that I, I, think about I, I don't remember. Anyway, I remember started. he was third. Yeah. And it, it was sort of, you know, guys were saying, oh, geez, you take that kind of risk. This is why you take that kind of risk. Yeah. You know, People do be- I think like when they when you look back when the Detroit Pistons picked Darko Milicic <laughs> over Carmelo Anthony, that's dumb. Okay, because Carmelo was quite clearly a very good player. Yep. I was very surprised they made that move. But Denver lucked out and got him. But when you see a guy like Embiid, who by all accounts was a damn good player, you got to take him. People were talking about Embiid slipping the six for the Celtics. I know. That year. And that was crazy because everyone was like, hey, that'd be stupid if you did that. But if he was still on the board, there's still a belief that Danny Ainge was taking him. Instead of Marcus Smart. Oh, I think he would have. And that would have been a great pick. I would have done that. Do, can you imagine the Boston fans if the, if he had taken him and then he didn't play for two a years or a years. couple I mean, they would have been all. It, Danny Age's head would have been on a lance. You know, it, down the streets, parading in Boston. I, look, my, my point is that, you know, there, there are risks that you take in, in drafting a player of his caliber that. You just don't know. And, you know, good for Philly. They got what they 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 hoped they would get. But, again, from a grand view, I just don't see other moves that the Celtics can make right now to bring in a superstar. They're, they just aren't available. No, they, they aren't available. That's that's the problem. It's You, you thought DeMarcus Cousins would be available. You, you go down the line. Now it's not hearing the report. Jimmy Butler, probably not. Now it's... If they're not available, then you have to wait to free agency, which I don't think either of us want to do. But you might have to because now you you have to play the outbeating game, and that's what the NBA is going to turn into because the salary cap is going up again. And again, you know, you're going into the off season, so now you're talking about you know no trades at the trade deadline. Fans are going to be bent, mm-hmm. and then you're going to go into the off season and you're going to sign you know Gordon Hayward, and you'll be a competitive team in the East until. You know, Al Horford breaks down, mm-hmm. um, and Isaiah Thomas is just, you know, unfortunately going to have to throw up 50 shots a night along with, you know, Gordon Hayward. I mean, that's, that's all you're going to have. You're going to have your jump shooting team. I mean, maybe they go out and they swing a deal for Hassan Whiteside. I don't know. Do you think he's actually available? I do. I don't say that because, I, you know, what's Miami going to do with him at this point? I mean, that's Miami. Right. Is is not yeah. in a. It's going to be many many years before Miami can compete for a championship. Right now, it, they just they don't have it. You know, another guy on the screen that I had heard rumors of. You know, quite a while back, they did sign him to an extension, but wouldn't surprise me if Memphis thought about dealing Marcus Hall, just like they do with Powell. Right back in the day, you know that he was the fan favorite. He was right. a great piece for them, and they just dealt him. I Marcus Hall would be phenomenal on this team. That's that's the kind of guy you're missing, you know, that big man who can stretch the floor. There's so many guys out there who, obviously, as Celtics fans, you'd like. And, you know, Marcus all could be realistic, but Memphis is still okay, and they like their core group. But the thing with Memphis, though, though, is, like, they don't seem to ever change anything. They've been rolling out the same guys for so long, and nothing's worked, and they haven't tried to upgrade that roster. That's true. That's true. And and at one point, I remember, you know, when things weren't going well, you know, they got rid of Rudy Gay. Um, they thought, well, you know, we could do... You know, we could trade uh, Conley, we could trade Gasol, they could blow it up, and they, 
there there have been a lot of different players that have jumped around that never found the homes that they really thought they were going to find. Rudy Gay is a guy who, you know, again, is in Sacramento. And we thought a couple of years ago when they had Rondo and then they were going to bring in Josh Smith and they were going to bring in, you know, they had Rudy Gay and they Cousins and Tyreek Evans. I mean, they, they started to have a pretty good-looking roster. Yeah. Um, but, of course, only in Sacramento fashion would they get rid of it. Um, I don't know. I just – I. Again, so now we talk about the draft because that's where we're at. You know, maybe this Brooklyn pick, you know, Danny said, I'm not trading this pick for a stopgap. And that's all that's pretty much left Yep, is stopgap. So if that's the case, I think, excuse me, you're looking at going in the offseason and swapping picks with Brooklyn, getting a top five pick, top three pick, whatever it is, and rolling with it. Well, if you're right, it's going to be the top pick. That... Only if the Celtics don't have it. That's that's the whole karma point, you know. Oh, I don't know, man. I, are we depressing? Yes. Do you think people are just like weeping? Openly? I'm normally a very pessimist person, though, on the radio, so it's fine. I'm just living up to what I usually talk about. Yeah, but I'm, it, I'm bringing you down worse, though. I that's think that's probably true because I'm super pessimistic, so everyone around me gets more pessimistic. What would Patrick be saying right now? Oh, Patrick would be telling you the Celtics are going to win a championship this year. Yeah, yeah. of course. Why not? <laughs> You know he would. Of course he would. You know he would. Ugh. I, but seriously, though, Celtics have no one to get. That's that's the problem. It's just no one's available. And and, and look, uh, your your chance to get the players that you wanted is gone. And maybe, maybe if if things really go south this year for Chicago continually, because they have gone pretty far south. But if you go really south this year, as Chicago seems to be heading in that direction, then maybe you might in the offseason have a chance to get Jimmy Butler again. Yep. But I just don't see it happening midseason. I think the Celtics are who they are right now. They're a third, fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. They might win a round. I think home court advantage is going to be paramount this year, as it would have been last year if they had played up to their potential. They just they don't have it. They don't have it right now. It's it. It's not enough to get it done. They're a good team. They're going to get some wins. They still don't really have any massive signature wins. They're talking about the Memphis, Utah, whatever. You beat those teams, great. You're thirteen and two when you're not playing Toronto in the conference. It's great, or 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 Cleveland, mm-hmm. but you're just not that good. No, you're you're not that good. And this stems back to the problem of you're relying on. Isaiah Thomas to close games for you and a lot of times you know during the regular season he'll get some calls he'll he'll pull some magic and then when he's not doing his thing who do you have to close games and that's the problem you know I talked about John Wall being the only one in Washington case in point with tonight you know no one really behind him to close games yes Avery Bradley can close a game but he's not a closer like I don't try I'm not I'm not drawing up a play for Avery Bradley over Isaiah Thomas but if Isaiah Thomas is slumping who do you give the ball to an Al Horford low post miss a free layup type play from Houston. Like, you don't have anyone like that. And Isaiah Thomas isn't that because in the playoffs, we've seen it. Isaiah Thomas can't get around being game planned for, for, for in a seven game series. Well, here's my thought, though. I, here's another scenario. So I'm going to add a, a, just a drop of positivity to the conversation just for those of you who are feeling really down right now. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> I feel bad. But. If if in the event that the Celtics are able to swing a trade and bring in either an Erlens Noel or a Hassan Whiteside, which I believe Whiteside is the substantially better player of the two. 
but you're able to bring in a legitimate center. Then, how hard do you go after a trade for, say, a Jimmy Butler this season? Or Paul George, I've heard that name mentioned you know, a bunch of times. I don't think Larry Bird's trading him, but that's beside the point. But how hard do you go after it this year? Or do you wait to the offseason, sign your Gordon Hayward, and now you have a pretty legitimate starting five if you haven't given up Avery Bradley or you, you know, piece whoever in that two-guard spot, and you keep Butler at the three, you put Al Horford back at the four, and you have your center, and you've got your point guard. Is is that enough? And that's a big question mark, too, because then if you look at a trade partner, you go to Miami, what do they really want? They want the picks, of course. But then after that, do they really want Avery Bradley? Not that young of a guy. Do they really want Jay Crowder? Is it worth it? So at that point, what do you give Miami besides the picks maybe to get Whiteside? Because I, I think that's a formidable five. I think that could be something where you're definitely the two in that case for sure. And you could you could make a run at Cleveland in terms of winning a few games. So I guess what I'm saying is, though, it, you, you have either your, your Hayward slash Butler small forward situation in the offseason if you go out and get Gordon Hayward and sign him as a free agent, which I think he would come here. I don't think he would have any issues with that. Um, so maybe you could you could use those Brooklyn picks or one of the Brooklyn picks to get Hassan Whiteside, but I think they'd ask for both. I really do. But see, and that's the case where I would give them both. I think Whiteside is a great player, and if you put him with Gordon Hayward and Al Horford and Isaiah Thomas, and I, I think he'd be worth the Brooklyn picks because again, if you compare it to if you're giving the Brooklyn picks up for Hassan Whiteside, what other big men can you get? How much value does those, do those picks have for you if you make them? You still take Whiteside. He's not an old guy. Whiteside's still got a whole career ahead of him. So I would do that. Now it's a matter of do you need to add anything on to the Brooklyn picks after signing Gordon Hayward? I mean, it's just do, so Do you hard. send them Jalen Brown? Do you send them Marcus Smart? I, I think you have to. I think you will have to. I think that they're going to ask for everything. They're going to ask Danny Ainge to dump out the treasure chest. That's what I think is going to happen because I think every team in the league knows that Danny Ainge has assets. He has potential moves that can be made. But he has to make them. But he has to make them. And if he's if he's the one being the aggressor, which we don't know, yep. but if he's the one making the phone calls and he's the one saying to guys, you know, look, this is what we need, this is what we, we really want, then the chances are that those teams are going to ask him to open up the wallet. And I don't know how much Danny Ainge is willing to do that versus just wait it out and see what he gets for players. Yeah. I think Danny Ainge is kind of prideful, and I think he. I think if you give him those two scenarios, if you give anyone those two scenarios, I think they pick Danny Ainge taking the free agent route. They pick Danny Ainge going after potential, you know, with the picks. But I think you could swing something where if you were to try to get Whiteside, both Brooklyn picks, Marcus Smart, um, Jalen Brown, you could probably not touch Avery Bradley or Jay Crowder if you're trading with Miami just because of their situation. So, so Patrick did chime in uh, via text. How's the gym, Patrick? He's he's just enjoying life out in L.A. Yeah. right now. How's the gym? You you feel like you're a beautiful person? You know, you know what? You picked a really you picked a really bad time to go to L.A. because it's fifty something degrees here. By the way, yeah, you're not. Yeah, if you're gonna go, go when it's like negative thirteen. But I, I digress. Uh, he says they win last night with Bogut or Tyson Chandler. 
uh, both short-term band-aids you can get for nothing in a trade. I agree to a certain extent that they they might be short-term band-aids, but is that what we're looking for at this point? Why give up? Yeah, Pat, why are you giving up assets for a short-term band-aid when that's not the point of this team? This team is fun to watch. Don't risk your potential championship future for a a band-aid to help you win an extra round this year. That band-aid trade is not going to help you beat Cleveland. It's the shipping out for Whiteside to maybe not touch A.V. Bradley and Jay Crowder, that would help you win a championship. I think they could pull that off, too. Don't get me wrong. I think they could. I think you could not trade A.V. Bradley or Jay Crowder if you were trading with Miami to get Whiteside. You could make that work, I think. And, and again, I mean, I think if you're going to take on a, a center like that, I think that they do help you as part of a larger picture. But they they do nothing to help you win a championship and this is the this is the goal right i mean this goes back to the original portion of the conversation which is are they trying to win a championship right now do they think they can compete for a championship and if they do then you go ahead and you get your bogut you get your tyson chandler and then you have to go out and you have to get somebody who can play the game at a high level and be your one or your two if you have to if you think isaiah thomas is the one and they don't that player right now is just not available no and and you're gonna have to figure that out. Um, I, I think w- if Whiteside's really available, that would be a good option to go down. But you don't know that. You probably that probably won't even happen until after the season anyway. Well, because the thing with Whiteside is you do get some scoring out of it too. You know, you don't just get his block shots and rebounds. You get a guy that does block shot and rebounds, and that's all you need. But but you get the additional scoring presence down low as well. And he helps Al Horford because if you bring him in, yes. then he takes attention off of Al Horford, puts him back on the four, and opens up his game as well. Um, it, it would do a lot to bring in Whiteside. If he's available, I mean, by all means, Danny, you, I hope you're making calls because that would be a great situation. Now, my guess is he's on the phone quite often uh, over the next few weeks. Uh, all right, well, thanks, Jared. It was uh, fun to sit with fun you. As always. Hopefully Patrick will come back soon. It's the ESPN New Hampshire pregame show. The Celtics taking on the Washington Wizards here tonight. Grandy and Max will have the call for you right after this. And uh, again, hopefully we'll, we'll hear a win, bounce back for the Celts. We'll see you next time.